Well, welcome. Welcome back to the Scuttlebutt Podcast. I'm Rich Mellon from Trapping Inc. TV. Today, we have a very special guest, a fellow who has a very active uh, YouTube site, Scott Magner. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks a lot, Richard. I appreciate it. Your uh, YouTube site, uh, 330 Maniac, right? Yep, that's correct. That has to do with your love trapping beavers, right? Yeah, actually, that's that's actually where it, where it started from, and it kind of exploded, I guess, from, you know, uh, actually, it started as a trapping channel originally. I, you know, I used to watch, I used to watch a lot of YouTube trapping videos, you know, I guess eight, nine years ago, and I, I would watch some of these videos, and I would just kind of say to myself, like, like, why are they setting that trap there, you know, or what's, what's going on here? And I just thought, you know, well, I think I could make a, you know, I could make a better video, you know, so. I think my first like 60 or 70 uploads were probably all trapping videos. Oh, it's yeah, good. And I, I watched, I've watched your channel. I enjoy your stuff. And uh, I think the biggest problem that, that we have uh, as we, we do stuff, get, you know, get very familiar with what we're doing in that is we too much is just done without talking about what we're doing, you know? Yeah, and I think that's absolutely. one of the, one of the good thing about, about yours, you're, you're always explaining. Uh, you know, and, and I, I really enjoy that. Sure. Let's um, go back to your personal history, where you started, how'd you get into trapping and what made you decide to, you know, to, that a YouTube site was, was where you wanted to go. Well, my, you know, my dad got me into trapping back when I was, uh, you know, gosh, when I was just a boy. Cause I mean, I have some pictures of him holding up some processed beaver when I was probably five or six years old. And he would take me with on the muskrat line. Um, I actually have memories of, of taking sticks and like hitting the ice where banked ends were for beaver, you know, cause he had a trapping partner, but I, you know, I just remember going from that and then getting older. Um, there was actually points where when, when I was 15 or 16 years old, then I became kind of his trapping partner. Um, and he would even, he would even pull me out of school to trip, you know, trap check. Oh, that's years. excellent <laughs> yeah it was it was great i just you know he, the, the teacher would come down and say hey scott you know you you're wanted at the office you know and and i'd get there and my dad would be there and i'm just like and i knew i didn't do anything wrong you know well <laughs> anyway and and he's like you know he's like oh we gotta you know we gotta go someplace and whatever but i knew you know he'd i'd get in, in the truck and sure enough he'd have my you know, my snowmobile suit and my boots and everything. And he's like, well, we're going to go out and, you know, we're going to go and set 50 traps today or whatever, you know, and, and oh. it just, yeah, it kind of grew from there, you know, um, mostly growing up, my dad, you know, muskrats were the bread and that was, that's what he projected me. Muskrats were the bread and butter of trapping. We had a lot of them around, you know, they weren't worth a ton of money, but we'd catch a lot of them. So I was only allowed to trap beaver on ponds where, you know, where there were beaver on that muskrat pond. So a beaver always held this fascination with me because I'd maybe catch, you know, a dozen beaver a year. And I'm just like, oh, I want to catch more. Look at that big beaver house. And no, there's no muskrats on that pond, you know. So. Whereabouts yeah. are you at, Scott? I'm, I'm located in north central Minnesota, I guess, Detroit Lakes area. Oh, yeah. I had, so, um, I had, I had a London boat once that had, and I had to deliver it back there for repairs. <laughs> yep. New York mills. That's where the, the home of Lund boats. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ah. I think the repair plant back then anyway was, was in uh, Detroit lakes. I think it could have been, it was just, when I pulled up, I was, I was just amazed because it was just this one building basically in a, in a field full of turkey sheds. And <laughs> that sounds about right. There's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of turkey buildings around here. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of turkey buildings. You drive by and there's, and there's basically no walls in the side and there's about 10,000 turkeys that are staring at you. you know? <laughs> and, and even if you can't see them, you can smell them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of ammonia with them. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So muskrat and beaver. Was, yes. Muskrat was, and beaver was the prime thing, but he got me into, um, you know, we didn't, when I was that 13, 14, gosh, let's see here. I have pictures from like nine, like a lot of pictures, you know, from like 93 through 98, 97. Sorry. My dad passed, he passed away in 97 from lung cancer, but, oh, um, I did trap a, a lot of Fox, you know, and raccoons, man, back, you know, back when I was a kid, you could go to any, you know, any culvert pathway where there's a cornfield and there would just be a a beaten down trail, you know, and we'd go down and put in some footholds, or if we knew the farmer, I'd go put some two twenties and we got a little bit of everything. And it was, it was so much fun, you know, but like I said, beaver and muskrat were mostly what we targeted, you know, and then, and then, uh, well, my dad passed away and actually I, I probably took, when my dad passed away, I took a couple of years off of trapping and kind of lost interest, you know, that goes, I, I made some mistakes. I, I was mad at the world, so I, I sold yeah. my deer rifle I bought and, uh, you know, just <clears throat> made some, you know, I was mad at the world. Well, what happened? You know, I, you know, my, I lost my, lost my trapping partner, you know. That's tough. That's so, tough. Yeah, it was tough at the time. Especially, especially when it's, when it's your dad. I mean, it's always tough to lose dad, period. Let alone yeah. be your trapping partner, partner and somebody that you do a lot of, a lot of stuff with. There's a lot of kids today, though, that will never have that bond with their dad. You know, their dad's got no, some job. They've got a, They've got their their iPhone, and and the the two of them never never cross. You know what I mean? Um, sure. You were you were lucky for for the time time and that you got to spend with your dad, and and the stuff that you learned and, and did with him. You know, there's there's a lot yeah. of kids today who don't got that. No, and uh, yeah, and uh, God, my mind went blank for a second. Yeah, I had you know, and I and I've gotten messages, um, you know. YouTube, they used to have, you know, send messages to people and I don't think they have that option anymore. I can't remember, but I, I've gotten a few messages over the years where, you know, a guy says, Hey, you know, thanks for the videos. Like you, you know, my, my kids and I got back on this common ground and, and it's because of you, you know, and we, you know, we love all, you know, just love being able to connect in the outdoors. And oh, it's just nice hearing that kind of stuff. We, we get those kind of things true uh from the tv show and i had this happen to me we were in a town we were doing a sports show and we were we were uh doing seminars and that this guy comes up and turned out he he sponsored to have us there i didn't i didn't even realize it he comes up and he shakes shakes my hand and he says he says i just want to thank you for giving me my son back and i was like what you know and he says well, my son was going down the wrong road. He was in a dark place and, and he says, and we weren't talking to one another. We were fighting and it was, it was bad. And, and he says, one day I, w uh, I was sitting there and your show came on TV and he sat down and started watching it. He says, now my boy's back. And, and he's, he's getting all choked up, you know, like a tear in the eye. And of course, 
big softy I am, I'm getting to cheer my eye too. You know, it's like you have no idea the impact you have in somebody else's life. No, absolutely. And it's such a good feeling to hear somebody tell you that, you know, after the hard work of all the trapping, all the cold, all the editing, you know, everything that, you know, people come up and tell you stuff like that. It's, it's what really makes it worth it, you know? And it's funny because so many people um, have, you know, very harsh ideals about, about consumptive uses of the, of the outdoor resources, you know, hunting and trapping, especially. And they, they, have a hard time understanding how much that means to some people, you know, when, when, when that, that sort of thing fires off, it's, it's just a, like a little recharge to the old battery for me. You know what I mean? It's like, say, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So what is it with beaver with you? Like, what's the deal? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I still, I still, still see all of these, these YouTube uh, every year you're out there chasing those beaver. It's, what, what is it? <laughs> I think it's the size of them, you know, and, and I just, excuse me, just something about a, you know, a, a big beaver lodge, especially, you know, around here where I'm at, there are, and a lot of people don't understand that too, is there's so many beaver. A lot of people are like, you're so lucky. You got so many beaver around there. And if I, you know, if I had a party popper full of BBs that shot five miles, I could shoot it and, you know, and, and hit, a dozen two two dozen pounds of that beaver in them and there's just something about going to a a new lodge and seeing you know that big trail of bubbles across the ice or the the wide open runs you know you're just excited because you know that's such a money set and you just know tomorrow there's going to be something's going to happen whether you you get the beaver or you got a sprung trap or it just you know traps loaded i don't know i just something about seeing a big chunk of fur floating in the water just gets me (laughs) Well, I, I'm I'm jealous because you have a, a lot longer shoulder season than we have, where you can see those bubbles where you know, like we freeze up and the snow comes at the same time. Sometimes the snow, you got that much slush on it's been snowing for days, and you got that yeah. much slush on the beaver pond and it freezes solid. We don't get to see much of that. You know, like I, it, I, you I know. go ahead. <laughs> I, I just I just find it it's so cool. And and uh We've got to talk about this um, later here, but how you find your bank dance and that, because that, that, that's, that's really cool. Like something that that's just something that we don't find or, or, or else we set a, a trap for, for kind of waylay on, on the way in kind of thing. So I, I'm, I'm pretty jealous of, of, of your, that big long shoulder season you have for beaver. Uh, ours, uh, if I need beaver in the fall, like for bait, uh, I will take some. Otherwise, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't wait, waste time with them until it's, it's like January. And then, you know, you're getting really, really good beaver through, through the ice. I had somebody contact me, though, here uh, oh, a few weeks ago. And where they're at, they're trying to, there's a move afoot to try and stop beaver trapping. Because they say there aren't enough beaver in, in, in the area. And, that, and the, he, the fellow wanted to know if I knew of any um studies that, that, that talked about how how to stop uh you know how to increase beaver population and if stopping trapping was 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 one of the important key important things and i was like i'd never heard of anybody trying to increase the beaver population i mean we dynamite them we shoot them we trap them we <laughs> and and we will never run out of beaver i mean my never. the landman from my oil company is like on my registered trap line 
I've got 144 square miles on my registered trap line that's mine exclusively. And I don't know how many thousands of beaver we have there. Like, I mean, I don't even know how many hundreds mm -hmm. of bodies of waters and ponds and creeks and, and everything else. And I tell them like, you know, I'll do everything I can for you, but, but it, it's, uh, you're never going to get rid of beaver, but you might get rid of all of them today, but tomorrow another one comes because prime habitat is never empty for long, you know? So, I mean, beaver is not something that, that, that we can, that we're ever going to be able to, to uh, eradicate. I would be like trying to eradicate white-tailed deer or coyotes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's, you know, around, well, you know, when you get to, uh other states you know and you know we have we don't have a limit on muskrats or you know we look at like is it I think mississippi you know they they have no limit on otter you know we're allowed four and there's a lot of them around here and then you, when you tell them you're like oh i got you know we got four and they're like well we have thousands you know well you know or i think it's ohio has a limit of like 10 beaver and you know they're like how can you know how can you trap that many beaver without trapping them out you know and, and um i don't know if you know there's a trapper jay from missouri I think yeah, I th I've probably seen him on on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a buddy of mine. He's a good guy, a good trapper. But he came up here last winter, late last winter, um, to do some fishing. He'd never been up here, and he likes to trap beaver. It's always in channels, you know. Um, but he's a he's a fantastic all around trapper. But he he's sending me pictures of beaver lodges that are in ditches, you know, because he's he's not used to ice, you know. He's used to maybe a crust of ice, but he's not. You know, and he's like, man, he's like, I can see how you have so many beaver here. And I always wonder, you know, how does he catch, you know, whatever, 50, 60 beaver and not run out, you know? And if other people seen that, they would be like, now I get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really amazing. You talk about never seen ice. Um, this was, uh, oh, back a few years ago, I was, I was doing a little bit of, uh, of guiding. Uh, well, I actually wasn't even that. I mean, I was fishing professionally on the PWT, but uh, a friend had a guy coming from Texas, worked for the same oil company that he worked for, and he wanted to hook me up. The, the guy had never caught a walleye, so he never caught a walleye. And uh, he comes like in January, February, and it turns out it's really cold. So I take, <laughs> I take my youngest boy with me, Jake, and I take him up to a lake that, that uh, at the time was really renowned for big walleye. And I don't think nothing of it, you know, wheel out there and out across the ice. Well, this guy just about jumped out, out of the vehicle. He says, you're driving out there, you know? <laughs> and I said, oh, oh yeah, there's, <laughs> there's lots of, there's lots of, lots of ice, right? And we go yeah. out there and of course, yeah, you know, there's, there's you know, I think, I think the, there was 40 inches of ice because I just barely got through with my, um, with my auger. And uh, then it, it's cold. It's it's in the 30 belows. It wasn't quite 40, but like, you know, 35, 36, that kind of thing. So you're familiar with this. The ice booms and cracks and groans. Oh, yeah. yeah. And sometimes it, it booms over there. And then you hear this. And a crack comes right across the lake and right through between yeah. your legs. And while wow, he was jumping and dancing. And I, poor guy. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have handled my, my, my first, uh, uh, scorpion any better than <laughs> than he handled the crack on the ice right <laughs> and uh i try try to show him how to jig and how to be you know how to be you know very that time of the year you know you're very you're very slow and very you know just off the bottom and 
and my son Jake is so good at this, right? And, and he's he's jerking and jumping, and I says, "No, no, slow." Call. And I'm catching a couple, but that's not the whole idea. Is that it, I'm not supposed to be catching. Well, then Jake pulls up an eight pounder, and then Jake pulls up a oh. nine pounder, and, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like Jake. You know, the idea is he's supposed to catch. With, I don't know. Jake was nine or ten at the time or something you know so it, it was made made no difference it, it was pretty funny but the best part of the whole story is when we're going home of course the afternoon the sun had come out and, and uh now it's probably up to just 30 below zero and and the kids are all out on the, on the different farm ponds playing hockey well he had, we had to stop at everyone so he could take pictures he says they're playing ice hockey on a farm pond and Oh, God. oh God. I love traveling the world because it, it is so cool to see see stuff through somebody else's eyes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, Trapper Jay, same thing. He had never drove in the lake. And I'm like, because um, he, he had a nice new, or, you know, he had a nice truck. And I'm like, we're going to be driving. We went for the first lake we went. Um, oh, uh, he'd never caught a, he'd never caught a northern pike, if I remember right. And he, that's what he wanted to catch, you know. And here you can throw anything in the water somewhere and catch a northern pike you know but he's like i'd like to catch a big one you know so we we went to this pond i'm like all right we're gonna drive out there and he's like all right he's like i believe you and i think we had about 30 inches of ice you know and we got there and he just we got out there and there was you know it was a it was a public lake there was probably a dozen fish out to spread out and this and that he's just like looking around shooting video and i just can't believe it and he had a he had a hand auger you know, and I'm like, I want to see, I want to see you drill some holes, you know, and he's, we both got video of, our, of ourselves just drilling holes. And then I, we tried to two man it, you know, two hands on the handle. Yeah, yeah. And then I had, I had a, a you know, an electric auger, you know, I said, yeah. here, use this and drill the hole. He's like, Whoa, I need me one of these, you know? Yeah. <laughs> For the next just, time, yeah. 12 years from now, when you see ice. <laughs> yeah. Same. he's hopefully he's going to make it back up here again next winter maybe i can make it make it down to missouri i'd you know especially with the with the youtube stuff you know it's great seeing new people and i would like to travel a little bit and uh do some stuff i just haven't done before you know have you ever caught yourself yelling at the tv telling the people that were hunting fishing or trapping they were doing it wrong <laughs> i know we all do it i do it well here's your chance to come out on my trap line with Sandy and I and tell us what we're doing wrong. We are having a contest. We are giving away a three days worth of trapping out on our trap line with us. All you have to do is get yourself to Grand Prairie, Alberta, and we will take it from there. We'll pick you up. We'll take you out to the trap line and we will return your frozen carcass or, or your smiling face to the airport three days later. <laughs> All you have to be is a member of trappinginc.locals.com. Be a supporting member. The draw is on September 1st. Uh, it's really, really simple. You go there to trappinginc.locals.com and the very first post up on the newsfeed, it tells you how to enter and uh, how to get in on this. We are easygoing. We are going to have a pile of fun. We are looking forward to having some new fresh faces out on the trap line with us. And you're going to be a star or a guest of an episode of Trapping Inc. Season 8. Okay? Simple, simple, folks. Don't miss out. This is a great trip. Number one thing that gets re requested of us is, how can I send my husband trapping with you guys? I'm willing to pay money. <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't be advertising to you. I should be advertising to your wives. <laughs> Come to trappinginc.locals.com and become a member. Simple. 
Don't miss out. And now let's get back to today's show. Tell you what, we are we are very tired of what's been going on for the last 16 months because we haven't had sports shows, we haven't had anything. And it's uh our border opens. Ooh, I think Sunday our border opens for you folks yeah, to come up I here. But I don't know whether yours your side of it's open for us. I've I booked a hunt in uh in West Texas for uh, the middle of October, so it better be open. <laughs> One of the guys at the office here, he has a he has a uh, a shared cabin up, you know, up in Canada. I can't remember what lake it was, but uh, and he loves going up there, and he's been dying to go. You know, he's like, walleye fishing isn't the same around here, you know. Yeah. And and you know, and it, it really isn't because you're not up at your cabin relaxing for the weekend or or whatnot. So he had planned on he they planned on going. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's it opens. It, they got to be uh, vaccinated. They got to have both both uh, shots of, of a vaccine or whatever. And yeah, crazy world we live in, man. Crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. He has the vaccine, or he's been vaccinated with both shots. And then previous to previously or previous to going to the border, um, he has to bring literature um, to say to show that he's had a COVID test within like thirty six hour, a negative one within thirty six yeah. hours. You know, I mean that 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 nose swab they used to do. I don't know how they do it anymore. I think it's saliva now, but when they originally had it, you know, I actually had COVID July a year ago, a year thirteen months ago. I was one of the first people to have it. No kidding. Yeah. What what was it like for you? Um, well, I actually was coming to work one day, and um, we, I mean, we just have a little tiny house. We're just a couple people. I. Actually, I took my daughter up to supper and we went to Subway and I was eating my sandwich and I noticed my pop tasted kind of funny. And I just thought, oh, it's the pop's watered down. Next morning I got up, I grabbed a Red Bull and I almost made it to the shop and I took a drink of my Red Bull and instantly I'm like, I cannot taste this at all. And I'm like, but I felt I felt just like I do now. I'm like, I'm like, no. So I just drove up to the shop doors and I messaged my business partner and said, you know what? I said, I think I might have COVID. I said, so I'm not, I'm not coming back into the shop until, you know, because like I said, there's just a couple of us in here. So I went and got a test and went and stayed home. And then like six days later, I got a call from the nurse and she's like, yep, you know, you tested positive. So I told him and like he went home and then there was a, one other gal here that went home. Um, and then I just stayed at home and throughout that whole process as it had me staying home. Um, one night I had, I had the like hot sweats for like part of the night. And then I woke up and it was July. So I thought that like, I couldn't get enough blankets on me. I was so, I felt like I was laying out beaver trapping, like, you know, in some shorts out on a beaver lodge. And then I woke up and I felt normal. Um, so, you know, one night ch chills and stuff. Um, but I did have a little, I did have some fatigue tired all the time mm -hmm. and that lasted about four days or so, but I'd get up and do everything. You know, it's almost like just being tired at work, Okay. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any other effects, you know, and my, my daughter ended up getting it like six months later and she was kind of in the same boat I was, um, uh -huh. but what people, when they found out I had had it, this was. I, I waited the two weeks I was supposed to go back to work. And then I waited an extra week, you know, to make sure that I was beyond whatever. And 
And when I told people I had COVID, they, they were like, you know, get away. It's a cold nobody, people. <laughs> yeah. It's a, and and no, <laughs> nobody around me, like my daughter didn't catch. And my daughter was, she was confined with me at home. And that whole 14 days, she never caught it, you know, um, which is amazing to me because she's in close contact, you know, and, and the people that were at the office, nobody around me caught it, just me. But Isn't that weird? Yeah. I don't I, understand it, you know. Do you know who Randy Newberg is? Oh, gosh, I don't think on so, your maybe. own adventures. Um, he's a hunter. He has a very, very, very successful um, uh, hunting podcast, hunt, um, YouTube, and all that too. Uh, anyways, a friend from Montana, and he caught it on on his last, like on the the last trip last December, coming home from his last hunt and everything, and he caught it just about killed him. Like it really, really got him sick in that, and. Uh, uh his wife caught it and i says oh god how was it for her oh he said it was it was brutal for her she couldn't taste her coffee for three days <laughs> well, I don't, he says so and you got you got and you know and the next person it doesn't do nothing to I, well i i know like i mean it, it, randy was he's, he's the kind of guy he's very 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 humorous right and him and his wife you know give each other heck all the time and and they're they're, they're very happy couple and, but you know every time he tells her she better listen she says oh you just about get killed by a bug you're not so tough you know what I mean? <laughs> that's the kind of relationship that you a guy wants oh definitely definitely <laughs> yeah so let's talk beaver then what's okay. your what's your favorite set uh you know walk me through that you walk up to a new a new uh, pond, um, you know, how you find those bank, those bank dens. I want to know all about all this stuff. Man, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a toss up. You know, I got, well, I could say I got two, I got two favorite sets. I don't know if that's plausible. You know, I got, I got yeah. one for under ice, obviously. And yeah. uh, so <clears throat> I get a call. Actually, I, last winter, I got a, I got, I got a call from somebody just outside of town here, a couple of miles. Um, they had uh they bought a house and they had some cattle pasture to it and they called and said hey the beaver excuse me have dammed this thing up you know and the lodge has been there for a long time but it you know the water raised another two feet this year um <clears throat> i get there and right away the one thing that gets me really giddy is i'll get there and seeing a you know something with a high bank close to the lodge because i i automatically know that you know you almost guarantee that there's going to be a a, you know some bank ends along there um, okay so i automatically and what a lot of people don't know is you know i've i found these bank ends you know 100 uh, you know 100 yards from a beaver lodge you know the beaver you know they can travel that far to one of these and often it's the really you know you get really big beaver way away you know in these bank ends and, i think it's you know, the old man he when he gets tired of listening to her he takes <laughs> off and goes there yeah. for a day or two <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you the only bank den that I know how to find is that when you take, when you've got that, that dam, right. And if yep. that dam butts into a good bank, there's one right there. And yeah. And the way that I catch it. them, because I mean, we, everything freezes up so much. The way that I catch them is I'll have a baited three thirty hanging perpendicular to, to that, uh, to the dam. And when he's on the way to that, that bank den, he'll run into it. But sure. the, the, the the way you find it is is fascinating yeah i i actually um i just have a spud bar it's actually a, 
the chisel, ice chisel that I use, I've had since I was, my dad gave it to me when I was like 12. Um, I've lost that thing in beaver runs a couple of times. I've almost drowned trying to get it back. Like I set it on a beaver lodge one time and it, it did, it did the bobsled off the run down, up oh. down into the run. And I, I couldn't touch the bottom of this run to save my life. And I'm like, oh no, you know, and I'm just hoping that it's, you know, stuck in the bottom. And this was in, you know, late November. So the lake was frozen, but it wasn't frozen in front of the lodge. So I found this like 15 foot pole and shoved it across the beaver. And now I'm shimmering, shimmering out on this pole, like four feet from the lodge, just bouncing on this pole, dangling my feet down. And I, I can feel the knob on that chisel. I touch it with my toes. Oh, so I literally, I grab it with the bottom of my feet like this. And now I'm trying to, you know, trying to hold my legs and I'm going across this pole and I can feel the chisel in my feet and like, just don't please don't slip, you know? And, and now I, I bring my legs up and you know, there's no other way to get it. Then I didn't have rubber gloves on. So I just shoved my arm chisel and pulled it back up. But I've, that's a, that's a short story, but I've almost lost that chisel so many times and I still have it, which is, um, it's tough to find a good chisel nowadays. You know, it is. I, I, I've made it. I've made mine, but like, I mean, I think I'm on version 4.0 or whatever, because I lose them. Literally you'd be sure. going, you know, worst part is for, for us, like in January and you'll have two, three feet of snow. And the scariest part is getting on that, on that house. Okay. Like I know pretty much that the, the, the least amount of ice is going to be on the south side of the of the house because that's the last place to freeze up in the in the winter and the first place to thaw in the spring so i know there's going to be a main main run there so i'll try and come in along the back side but you know you park the machine a long ways away because man that's where if you're going through anywhere it's right there right yeah. but i have went up there and i'll be walking on the house and you'll be doing this with the spudna and then you do and it's gone <laughs> and you sometimes you shovel away the snow and, and and it'll be 40 below and there'll be no ice like it just gives you the chills every time it happens and i've done it like a thousand times and a thousand times the hair on the back of my neck jumps straight in the air right <laughs> and, and you, yeah and you, you don't and you don't know what you know once you punch that chisel through left right you know there's you know, I've, I've even taken the chisel and swung it like a bat where there's been no ice and hit the ice, you know, or the snow, I should say. And like four feet of snow will just cave into that run. There's just so much activity, even though it's, you know, been 10 below out for, you know, a week. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's amazing how much those beavers keep those runs open, you know. Oh, and it's it's just their activity. And you, you soon learn how much that current accounts too, right? Uh, I watched one of your, your videos where you... Uh, a, a beaver dam had lost water in the in, during the winter and sure. it showed you were showing the the different runs into the house and that for one thing there's way more runs into the house than you ever dreamed of isn't there there is there's i got so many holes going in there you're like i wonder i you know i can't catch that last beaver sometime you know well i know there was one that i i uh, trapped the heck out of i took nine out of it and i was pretty sure i had them all the only thing I wasn't sure about is it wasn't that far away to another house that they were using. And I took, took nine out of the one and three out of the other. And uh, okay, I, I'm doing okay. I, I figured I was doing okay. Well, anyway, they ended up losing the water. And I put this on one of the seasons, six or seven anyway, and it showed it, uh, you know, it had they'd lost all the water and it had, when they'd lost the water it was late in the year. And so that no weeds or nothing had grown up. So you could, you could just, you could see everything, right? Well, there were, I figured I'd, uh, I was trapping three, 
three entrances on this house. And I figured I, I had it all covered, right? There were six. And I never even found the biggest one, you know? Really? <laughs> yeah, I never even found you know, the... it. Sometimes, you know, well, was it, was it you know, you, and you know, you're on the ice, so you don't know how far that beaver lodge goes out into the water. You know, maybe, maybe there's three or four more feet of sticks out there and there's a run out further. You just don't, you know. What I know. found was fascinating was they, at some point, you know, the holes that big where they go up, where they come out of the water, or whatever, up into the inside, right? It's that big. But sometimes that, that'll go out and that might be eight or nine feet wide out where you can get at it. And they have this canopy over top with, with all the trees and everything. So even though you're sitting in the run, you may not, I mean, they can swim around it. You know, nine of them can swim around it at once. Right. That was the yeah. fascinating part about looking at that. And, you know, lots of, cause I, I, I think you, you do as uh, a lot as well, but I target the, the, uh, the lodge itself. I like that one, getting that covering that hole right there. And, and lots of times when you, you, you find the hole and, and however, you, however you find it, um, you take and shove down your stand or whatever, and, and it's like it's springy, right? And yeah. what it is is it, it's that mat of of willow sticking out over top of the the the, the uh, uh, hole in that. And originally that was all filled with mud, but that current from them swimming in and out washes all the mud out from in between those those twigs, you know. Those sure. and, and so I you just got to about that. Well, yeah. Well, I, I knew. He, instantly when i when i looked at it god don't tell me my animal is a beaver oh. <laughs> every uh, most trappers have an animal like why couldn't i have a cool one like like a wolf or whatever but uh, <laughs> i you know because so, sometimes you know you, you'll you'll have a problem be having a problem with wolves or whatever and then somebody like morley smith comes with you and it's like he says something and instantly you know he's exactly right and you know, I also know that I'd have never made that leap, uh, that leap on my own, you know, but when I was with the beaver there, when I, when I realized why the, 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 the sticks and that had no mud in them around the hole and, and why, uh, you know, when you're pushing down that stand and it's springy and all that, you just need to go up further, but then, then you might be going out further and, and they might've come out and wide and gone each side of, right. You know, like, I mean, it, it's one sure strange. Oh yeah. It, it, it is strange once you get it. Get, get to take a peek at stuff like that and you know a lot you know for someone that doesn't track a lot of beaver um you know most people think you know you, you get to a beaver run and, and you just set the run and you know and it's the same thing every time man they i mean the runs can vary you know they can be you know they can be this wide and you're and you're thinking to yourself how can a beaver get out of this hole or or it says it's, it's this, this big around you're thinking you got a beaver the size of a truck or or i found where you know where they have logs in there and they actually are coming out in three different spots and yeah and you think you know even though it's a shallow run now you're going you know how am i gonna you know get these beaver yeah it's, yeah it's, it's the same thing every time but it's not the same thing every time it's can always be something different but i i it's i just always get so excited i things get me excited are shallow bank dens i love i trap you know i trap the lodge obviously um, shallow bank dens are my, my thing. If I bring somebody with me, I just start at the, the point where I think that there's gonna be a bank den and I just walk with my chisel and I just, you know, and, and, and you can hear just like going up to a house, you know, if the ice is thin, but it's not paper thin, you can hear that hollow noise and you're getting closer to that bank den. And, you know, even the, even though the ground might be, you know, this far away, you pump your, your chisel in four inches from the bank and it goes right through like you're punching through a piece of paper. Yeah. You pull it out and a bunch of air comes out and then a 
usually shove the chisel in and now I find out it's like 14 inches deep and you just know that that's going to be just such a great set. And yeah. especially if you find two or three of those on a big lodge and you know, you're going to get, you know, maybe a half dozen sets in. So you're going to, you just know tomorrow there's going to be beaver or you think there's, or there, you're sure there's going to be beaver. And then you show up the next day and there's none and you're like, what happened yeah. here? I don't, you know, the beaver take a couple of days off. Did the, did your activity outside scare them? There's, it, it makes you double guess what you're doing. Like, did I lose, did I lose what, I, you know, the trapping mojo? They can, they can drive a guy off a wall, especially a trap shy beaver. Oh my gosh. I'm sure you've ran into your share of smart beaver. Yeah. You know, they get a slap on their nose or on their foot or whatever. And oh, I can lose sleep at night trapping them. And, and for them, just about the only, the only solution for them seems to be a, uh, a foothold and on a drowner you know because yeah. they, they a beaver has an incredible nose like if you've ever taken and set a, a caster mound and then set a a, a a trail cam on it and you watch them use their nose you'll you'll think that god that it, it's got better nose than a hound dog and it's got no ears you know what i mean it's like I, yeah, i'm just astounded they, at how how well they smell yeah i've i've set a few trail cameras up um Actually, I have some video at home from the spring that I, I didn't, you know, of, of a trap shy beaver. I actually didn't get a beaver out of this one pond. It was at a golf course, and I was told that they had never been trapped before, you know, originally. And I went and I, I said, you know, it was right at the end of season. I was about to start work, and they're like, hey, can you try to catch up a few of these beaver? And I put up a trail or a, a trail camera on, like, the easiest caster mound. Like, it was a gimme, you know. And all of a sudden I go there and there's a big beaver. It's, you know, probably, you know, 50 plus pounds. And, and it, it's got its nose way up in there. It can smell that caster and this and that. And man, it goes up and it's just staring at the trap and it's literally putting its paws on it. And, you know, and it, there's something about that trap. And sure enough, it just shows a beaver. It, it, you know, it's not easy, but it climbs up and goes around that 330. And you can see its hind end by the trap and the trap fires and he makes a break for it um and i ended up showing some of that video to people that own the golf course and you know and they're like well you know somebody did trap them you know last fall and they didn't get any they had a bunch of sprung traps uh, uh, you know if i would have known that then i probably would have used some you know some number fours on some drowning rods or or you know i do like snaring too i like it under the ice you know because in the springtime it can do some fur damage but that's also my other, if, if I can't get them in a foothold, there's been a few times where I've had to hang, but you know, a dozen snares around the lodge to get that last beaver. Do you do ADC or is this just your, your trapping for fur? Hey folks, Rich from Trapping Inc. TV here. And it's no secret that I'm a big fan of coffee. Our friends at Old Smokes smoke roast their coffee beans over wood fires. You have no idea how good coffee can taste until it's smoked coffee. Did you know that studies have shown that just the smell of fresh coffee can boost brain activity? Yeah, it's that good. Sandy and I have teamed up with Old Smokes Coffee to make our own Trapping Ink coffee blend. Let me introduce you to Wolverine, an ultra dark roast coffee bean smoked over maple wood fires. This is the pure, uncut trapper's fuel that keeps us laughing and trapping all day long. If you'd like to try our special blend, you can find it at www.trappinginc.com forward slash shop. If dark roast isn't your thing, 
Old Smokes has five different coffee roasts from light to extra dark, each roasted over a different wood for a unique flavor. Right now, you can order from their online store and use our promo code RICH, that's R-I-C-H, and get 10% off your entire order. Just go to www.oldsmokescoffee.com. That's O-L-E, smokescoffee.com, and use the promo code RICH. That is promo code RICH for 10% off your entire order. And now let's get back to today's show. I do, gosh, I'm, I'm usually just trapped for, but there's, there's some people, you know, the DNR has my number here. So they'll, they'll call me, you know, and some, actually they'll give my number to somebody else and they'll say, Hey, you know, I got a really bad beaver problem here. You know, what, what can I, you know, when I'm usually working or, or if it's, you know, fall and the beaver aren't really worth nothing yet. Um, I'll say, Hey, you know, if you can give me gas money or if it's out of town, you know, maybe I'll say 50 bucks, you know, and I'll get a, I'll get a permit to go up there and take them. Um, I would, if I had time, I'd like to, you know, get licensed and actually I thought about opening up, you know, an ADC, you know, business for it. Cause right. there's always people with fever problems around here. The county. Yeah, it, it never ends here. As a matter of fact, uh, all the counties yeah. in, in Alberta have trappers hired permanently hired, like on staff here in, County of Grand Prairie, uh, my buddy Justin Wassis, who do, does that. Uh, I know several other trappers in, in other counties that their permanent full-time job is, is is to be trapping. And overwhelmingly, it is beaver. Yeah. Sure. It, I, gosh, I do. I, I love trapping that much to where I could almost, you know, I could almost, you know, do that as a job. But then I, but then I think, you know, if I get out and I work in the summertime, it makes me look forward to trapping so much more when fall and winter rolls around, you know, now you're not working and you're on your own time. And That's true. You know. That's true. I mean, that changes as good as a rest. I know like I go to my, my big line, uh, every four days. Okay. I, uh, I leave here on the fourth day. It, it's a three hour trip from my door till the time I walk into my cabin door and I'm out there for three days and then I come home and then I do it again. I head back out again on the fourth day. So it's it's a lot of a lot of mileage and all. And when I'm out there, I mean, I, I make huge, huge uh, trip when it's in December and it's the uh, you know links and everything is open. Um, I'll do 300 kilometers in a, in in the time that I'm out there on a on a snowmobile, right? <clears throat> and it just you know that's because I've I've got so much that's open and everything's going. Um, everything from Wolverine through Martin and Fisher and and Mink and and lynx and wolf and coyote and you name it <clears throat> i usually save the the beaver and otter for a little bit later in the year like january february uh, i will start into the otter and and uh they start the first of december but i don't i don't go after them then I, i've got too many other things to do and an otter i'm only allowed a dozen otter and if i really wanted to get after my dozen otter i could have them in four days you know what i mean sure. uh, they're yeah. they're easy to target in the snow man <laughs> they just you know they leave such such easy trails and you know and you can usually find them you know at, at any little creek or you know here you know like so we have a lot of small fishing lakes and there'll be culverts under the railroad tracks and wherever and it's just massive you know otter slides and you know otter toilets and yeah it's it's and it's there and the same thing with them you know they're easy to catch and you know when you when you set an otter trap you know for sure that you're going to get one, you know, or two yeah. in the next couple of days. Yeah. 
so Ooh. with with your beaver, do you process them yourself? Do you skin and flesh or I don't anymore. You know, I used to, gosh, a few, eh, probably even like probably eight years ago, I used to do my own processing. Um, and then now I live in an apartment building. So it's a little tough to, it's tough to do any processing. You know, I can't. People but, aren't, aren't too understanding, are they? <laughs> no, there was that last, uh, gosh, how long ago was it? 2013, I think 2013, rat prices skyrocketed around here. And I put beaver trapping on the back burner and the, my my fur buyer was like, you know what, start trapping rats first, like November 1st, as soon as it opens, you know, I'm, I'm buying, you know, un, like unskinned, $8 average, any size, whatever, you know. And I'm like, okay, so I know, you know, and I got, I got quite a few rat traps, you know, and so I put the beaver stuff away and I'm not trapping. And now, you know, I, I could only make that trip trip like once every week and a half. So now what am I going to do if, cause it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 10 degrees out. I couldn't freeze them anywhere. Well, I had a very large chest freezer in my upstairs in my apartment. So I would come out here and I'd skin them all. And I would literally have a box and I would carry them upstairs and people are just like, what, you know, is this? And they even called the police on me. They're like, this guy's, you know, this guy's psycho. He's, he's got, he's freezing dead animals in his freezer, you know, and, and the, the, you know, I grew up around here. So they came over, you know, they had to kind of check it out, whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, well, I told him, I showed him my freezer, you know, and I, I was freezing rats, you know, just the skin one. But uh, yeah, people, they weren't impressed with me when I was trying to put all the rats up in my freezer. My best but story I do, about my best story about uh, about that was uh, a friend of mine. He's passed now, but he's uh, an outfitter, and he, so the outfitters around here always buy beaver carcasses for bear baiting. Right? It's yeah. like the ultimate the ultimate uh, bait, just the way the flesh is and the and the fat, and it, it never dries dries out. It's always oily and smelly. And anyway. Greg had bought a whole bunch of beaver carcasses off a, off a trapper. And he's got just this, like, I don't know, it's like a, a seven by 14 foot uh, trailer. And it's just got, I don't know, 16 inch sideboards, maybe 12 inch sideboards, something like that. And then this beaver's heaped up all, all in the middle. He's got hundreds of beaver in there, right? There's this mountain of beaver and he's going down the road and the cops pull him over. And the cop says, you can't be doing this. And, and, uh, um greg says why he says he says this ain't legal he says he says what did it did one fall out well no but he says you can't have all these dead animals in the back he says well yeah i bought them well so the the, <laughs> the cop was pretty new to his job and and uh it's like a really hot day you know like it's 85 or you know 30 degrees uh celsius and so oh. it, it's hot and all these beaver there and greg, greg can tell me this story he says he says you could watch them swell <laughs> in the heat oh my God. <laughs> as, as we sat alongside of the road and, and he says every now and then one of them would, would would start to off gas and he says sometimes you'd hear it he said you hear this big old beaver fart go off right <laughs> and he said he said i'd know when when the cop walked through the fog because he said he'd start gagging right and finally they got a hold of uh, an old sergeant that knew what was going on and, and the fact that it was all legal and everything else and, and the guy let him go and he was still he was still like this, well this should be illegal you're, you're good to go but this should be illegal <laughs> oh my gosh hey folks rich here with some exciting news from trappinginc.com 
We were listening when you said you wanted more clothing, and we heard you loud and clear. We've expanded our clothing line. More colors, men's, ladies, and children's sizes, more variety. Living off grid gives more time for the creative juices to flow. New humorous observations are added weekly, as well as our classic Trapping Ink logo. We have joined forces with Tee Public. You can find our Tee Public storefront from the store page on trappinginc.com. Just go to www.trappinginc.com forward slash shop. And just scroll down to find the link for our Trapping Ink storefront. Or you can go to tpublic.com and enter Trapping Ink TV in the search bar at the top. Check it out. Big sales every month and you can save up to 35%. Don't miss out. Get your favorite gear today. And now let's get back to today's show. I actually have a, well, I have another, another opposite story. I, I quit, I quit processing myself, but my fur buyer used to have a plant about an hour from here and I would quit. Well, I would, I would quit spring beaver trapping and I would go down, I would skin beaver for him. That's all I do. He'd do piecework for me, you know, I was like two bucks a beaver. I'd go down there and, and I would literally skin from 5am to like eight or 9pm. And this was probably 12 or 15 years ago. And I was driving back from there one night late at <clears throat> one time late at night. And I got pulled over. Well, you know, I didn't wear an apron. I just blue jeans, this t-shirt, you know, I didn't, I say I didn't even wear rubber gloves at the time. And, you know, skinning for that many hours, you'd wash your hands, but you know, the big thick ring would just be on there. And I just remember I'm, I'm sitting there and I could see the flashlight coming up, you know, and I could see it like going down and he got on my pants where all the blood was and he like slowed down and I looked back and I could see him like reaching down, like, what do you know? And he's like, what is going on? He's like, why are you all covered in blood? And then I explained to him that I'm processing beaver, you know, in this town for this guy. And, and um, he ended up actually like calling the guy and talking to him because, you know, a guy covered and had the toe like this. Yeah. Yep. He was just like, okay. He's like, I've never seen nothing like this. So, you know, I come walking up and I'm thinking like, you know, like mass murderer. <laughs> No, I know. I know. And, and when I was a kid, I mean, in, in uh, you know, hunting season around here ran from um, middle of August till uh, middle of December. And we had moose and two different kinds of deer and elk and bear and everything that we hunted in all that time. Everybody wandered around covered in blood. Like, I mean, if you if you went to, you know, to the, the hardware store or whatever, you know, or, or the, the, the cafe downtown or, you know, people be sitting there and they'd, they'd have blood on them. And, and, you know, it was just, it, that was the culture, right? In today's world, the same town, you know, you did get arrested or for sure you'd get, you'd, you'd be, uh, you know, had a, a oh. severe questioning, you know? <laughs> I get some really weird looks when I'm, because, you know, I, I wear neoprene waders all day long when I'm beaver trapping, even in the wintertime. And I, I don't know why, but every time you know, I'll, I'll wear them into the gas station, get gas. It's January, it's snow on the ground, and everybody automatically thinks I'm ice fishing. You know, oh, <laughs> ice fishing, and I'm like, I'm like, no. And they're like, well, why are you wearing waders? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm trapping. And they're like, huh? I figured you'd have been ice fishing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So, the three thirty. Um... Your, your favorite set then is, is under ice or, or do you, do you do yeah. much in open water? Um, I do mostly, mostly under ice sets, you know, um, uh, I, I'll, let's just say the three, 330 Conover is my, is my favorite set. 
Um, I really like a, a shallow bank den, or if I can find a crossover, you know, from one pond to another where they're doing all their cutting, open water, oh my, it's, you know, you just know there's going to be something in there, whether it's going to be a beaver or a tree that he was carrying. Yeah, 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 that happens. <laughs> Definitely a tree pretty. There's, you know, I one of, the, one of my best feelings is getting, you know, getting to a trap, you know, and the next day there's a half inch of ice over it and you get there and, you know, and you can see there's a big air bubble in that trap, you know, and as soon as you chop around it, you can, you know, a lot of times you can see down there and you can, you can see that the 330 is sprung and that there's a, you know, a, a gap in the jaws and, yeah, you know, and it's just, and then I, I like to bring, I bring friends with, you know, some people had never trapped before. I've had people, you know, I'm, I'm set in a bank and that's 50 yards from the beaver lodge and I catch a beaver going up in the bank and they're just mind blown. Like, how did you know this beaver was going to go up into this hole under this thing, you know? Yeah. And they just, they just think it's the best thing in the world, you know? Oh, that, that, that's cool. When you set, do you, do you use stands or do you use a pole? How, how do you like to set those under I, the ice? I have a love hate relationship with H stands. Let's just say that <laughs> I, I used to use quite a few of them and I, I had a lot of sprung traps and I, really? my dad, my, my dad always taught me to use sticks, you know, cause you know, in each stand, you, you set it, you know, when you put the springs down there and you can fold them up. I just, I've always been able to get, you know, the trap on a, you know, I'll, I'll flip the trap sideways and run the stick through both the eye rings and then the trap swings, you know, and then a lot of people ask me about my swivel stick I put in, you know, cause then you have the top corner of the jaw, jaws right here mm -hmm. and I'll run that stick to the top corner of the jaws and the trap can't swing back and forth, yeah. Yeah. but I can, I can hold that stick in the chain and get that trap in such a small area of brush if I have to, you know, and that's, that's the way I prefer to do it. But it, you know, you get to a beaver lodge that has no sticks. Well, how do you, how do you set a trap with, you know? Well, that's just it. Yeah. So I do, I do have a couple dozen H stands and they are, they are fast. I use the, my videos in the spring, I will literally be like, I have a, I have an H stand here. I don't like it, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I always say. <laughs> well, yeah, they are nice and they are, and they are quick. Yeah. But uh, if I, if I can. Um, I'll, I'll bring my, my gators and I'll try to, I'll try to push the springs out on a shallow bank then, and I'll put the trap right on the bottom and just run a stick through each spring. Yep. So it's a square over the hole. That's probably my favorite way to set a 330 if I can. So you like to set to the bottom? Yep. I like, I like to set it to the bottom, you know, um, and that's not always the case. That's another tough part about setting a lodge. People, you know, they ask me often, like, where do you set the beaver trap on a lodge? Well, if I, if I get in the run, and the run is nice hard bottom, you know, then I'll, I'll put the trap right on the bottom. But if it's, if it's muddy, you know, and I'll put my foot back and you can feel the holes kind of big, you know, they're, they're sailing out, but you know, they're, they're not right on the bottom anymore, you know, cause they're not pushing off, getting the bottom hard. Then I'll usually set it like 10 inches off the bottom. And it's a, you know, it's kind of something you learn from, from trapping over, over time, you know, you, you guess yourself where you want to put that trap at. So you actually, you're in the water doing this then? I, sometimes I am generally, generally I'll get in the water, you know, I'll chop a hole with my chisel, I'll get in the water and I'll, um, if I'm, if I'm using sticks, I'll get two, you know, always dead sticks, of course. And I'll, I'll, you know, put a stick on each side to channel the beaver through the set. And then I'll decide how I want to set that trap. Then I'll climb out and then I can, I can do the set from on top of the ice because I mentally know what I want to do. 
you know, right. down there. Right. Um, if it seems like from right up against the lodge, it's always on the bottom. But if, you know, like I said, the feed pile goes out or something, you know, a little bit often that trap could be, you know, I've, I've had it where it's even like two feet off the bottom and it sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you set much any baited ones then? My baited sets are pretty limited to be honest, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I have done them, you know, I've, I've used potatoes. Um, I've done a lot of, you know, popple yeah. on sticks. Um, I've, I've never done, I've never done PVC. There's a friend of mine in town, actually my cousin. Um, he does, he does a lot of baited sets during the wintertime. I don't have a, I need a snowmobile or a four wheeler. I don't have either. And man, I tell you what, spring beaver trapping is really tough and you got to carry them all out. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because one of, one of our dear old friends, um, he's in his late seventies now and he's trapper. He's been a trapper since he's 14. He went to the, went to the bush for the winter of, of, of his 14th year, 14th year on this earth. And he lived in a, in a, um, uh, a lean to and he trapped and you know sandy was talking to him and says you know uh then I, two years later he got a snowmobile and she said oh so you could go further he says well no he said then i didn't have to pack everything back and i was like you know it was such a realization that everything he caught all day long he had to pack back because it's all frozen right you know you gotta sure. he has to pack it back and he has to uh, has to thaw it in in his lean-to that he spent the whole winter in in this country oh like i mean tough 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 wow mm. tough and uh <laughs> and so that i you know thinking like i don't know like i ask him what's what's the toughest thing about about you know trapping out of a lean-to and he, and th thinking that you know you might get cold at night or have enough wood or whatever well he says your fur doesn't dry evenly <laughs> I couldn't even imagine keeping a lean chew up to temperature where it could dry. I mean, oh my god! Like this guy was just <laughs> unbelievable, and and it was so amazing. Oh, he's such a great guy to talk to, and and you know, I one of the things that I love to do with this is, is to to talk to so many people and and keep spreading those stories because that's the only way this culture stays alive, right? And oh, there absolutely. are so many people like uh, like this old fella that we're good. We're going to lose. And you know, it's, it's, it's so unfortunate. Uh, with, with the, um, uh, your set, I find it fascinating when you talk about, uh, you know, learning to read the bottom, whether it's hard or, or, or soft or that our, a lot of our stuff here is, is soft. And the only time, the only time that you could really be sure that they're, they're on the bottom is there'll actually be a groove, right? Uh, that yeah. for me that's what i look for because most of our bottoms are mud and but they will even if it's mud they still have that groove in there right so you gotta you gotta feel and then they'll be deeper here and you know the, that tells you to, to to get it down there um i use a, a flexible pipe to figure out what depth there or figure out where that hole is and that kind of stuff it's it's uh it's kind of because we, we do everything from up on top of the ice i mean it i could never chop a hole big enough for i could get into or or it, it would be way too deep. Like lots of times, uh, uh, those those four foot uh, uh, H stands aren't aren't tall enough, right? So then you end up hanging yeah. off of, uh, uh, you know, you'll you'll just hang off of a pair of cables or a pair of chains to to go down. I tried the white PVC pipe, mm -hmm. and I had so many sprung traps, and I I was wondering, like I don't have a lot of experience with it. I did it two different winters. 
probably had ne never caught a beaver in it and probably had 30 sprung traps and like oh you God. don't you don't Ooh. often have a sprung trap under the uh, under the water and not have something in it so i was just wondering if, if, if it was muskrat spring into it or or what's going on you know and if you think about pvc pipe you know picture you know picture a let's just say an inch and a half piece of popple and an inch and a half piece of pvc you know a beaver swims up and you know as he bites onto that you know if he's biting on the you know think of how how smooth that is yeah you know if you if you bit onto it that's gonna i'd imagine that would kind of shoot off one way or another with a popple you know there's wood bed bark and he would get a hold of that thing yeah you know and that was one of my thought processes because my then my my cousin-in-law that did it he did catch a few beaver but he said that he definitely had a lot more misses with pvc yeah I, I wondered you know, i i truly I, wondered yeah. about that i it, and i i you know i mean it yeah all i did was just split it so that you could put it over one of the jaws right sure you know and and so then it Ooh. it could roll in there or, or whatever but maybe I guess I guess the the thing is that we're the piece that we're missing is is we don't have any underwater footage of what they do when they come up. Do they touch it with their with their front feet or or do they just grab it with their teeth or you know? Like, I would like to. Uh, you know, that's one of my goals. Is I've I've thought so many times about getting a GoPro on one of my traps underwater. You know, even if maybe I got a you know get a power box somehow and just put eight hours of video. You know, and just hope that one comes in within the first couple hours. Or, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I, I, I would, I would, I would really like to know what they do when they go up to it because I don't know. I've never, I've never witnessed it. I mean, I've, uh, I've watched them. You know, when they, lots of times when uh, um, people set uh, a trap in open water and they'll have you know half it sticking out of the water, right? And they expect mm -hmm. that the beaver just swim through it. Well, they don't like to do that. But you know, if you if you if you put it just slightly underneath the, the the water and put a stick across it, well, they will naturally come up and dive under that stick, right? Sure. Uh, right into the yep. trap. And people just don't understand it. And when they do the, the crossovers and they have that trap sitting up on top of the dam, well, it should be on the other side of the dam so they they can't see it when they swim up. They got they got to get up and on top and then when they're going over the other side well then they're moving because that's when they're they're in the most danger right yeah they have that down that downward uh downward mo uh, what's the word i'm looking for you the know, momentum the, the downward momentum you know yeah yeah well and i mean their predators wait for them on the other side that's just the way it is like i mean because because they can't see the other side so once they commit and go over, they're they're moving. But if you have it sticking up where they can see it, well, then it's not that's such a good deal. Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting anyway. I mean, I I, I I find it fascinating how how this this uh, this works. And like I have really wondered, especially when I started having so many misses with the uh, uh, with that uh, white PVC, I I started wondering, you know, like how do they actually grasp it or touch it or whatever? And people talk about. Um, you know, putting a carrot or, or whatever underwater. And it's like, well, it's not like they can smell it. It's not like, you know, no. I mean, a, a muskrat can eat underwater, but they're the only animal that can eat underwater. You know, just the way that they have a, a dual folding set of lips and they can actually uh, close off their, their water going into their mouth and, and chew with their, with, with their teeth on, on, and basically on the outside of these lips. Okay. 
And it's, I, never, uh, I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. So they can actually chew underwater, but, um, you know, beaver can't. So they, they must, they, you know what, just sitting there reasoning through it. They must, they must go up and grab that with their teeth. And that's why then so many misses. So I don't get that. You know, and the other, um, other thing I've, I've, so one pond I trapped had a couple of really, I caught two beaver. They were big beaver. They were like mid 50 pounders. Um, you know, and I, I use a lot of different traps. I got Victor, I got Duke, I got Belial. Um, I've actually caught, I usually catch at least one beaver a year by the front foot in a Belial. Yeah. Um, and in one particular rod lodge, um, I didn't get them on the lodge, but I got both of them on a bank and I got both of those beaver by a front foot in the 330. And I'm just thinking, you know, exactly, you know, what, what uh, one thought process was, you know, and it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a shallow bank then. It was a pretty deep bank then with a big hole. And all I can think of is, you know, that beaver swims up to the bank then and, and they, I think they hit the bottom, you know, and I think they're walking into that bank then. Front I, foot, I won't you know. disagree with you on that at all. I, that's, that's, you know, I, that's the only thought process I can think of why you would get one by the front foot ever. You know? I've I've watched muskrat in shallow clear water, and in those situations they're walking, and so it looks oh, like to they? me like like they're they're walking. You know, I mean sure. they're, they're light on their feet, but because <laughs> they're kind of <laughs> kind of sort of floating, yeah. but they're basically walking, right? You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. That always that always stumped me because sometimes I'll have, if I have another trap, you know, because if you don't, if they don't close that last you know inch or whatever, you know, you're not going to get them by a front foot. So sometimes they'll have a sprung trap, and you're just it gets you like why well, this should be this should be a guarantee you know yeah. was it a muskrat were they walking into it you know yeah for sure yeah let's talk about your youtube channel uh 330 sure. maniac right yep. 330 maniac and uh when did you start that oh gosh i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna say eight years ago okay. i'd have to look back at my first upload i would say about eight years ago um, and then I get a lot of questions. How did 330 Maniac come about? You know, it's kind of a different name. Yeah. Um, and what happened was, um, I was out trapping one day and I had set up, like, I found this calling. It wasn't a very big pond, but there was three lodges on this pond. Like two of them were like 20 feet apart. And then there was another big one over here. And I ended up setting like 14 330s on this pond and the homeowner come down and and he's like, oh, what, you know, what kind of traps you set? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, these are 330s, you know. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, he's like, you're setting these things like a maniac. <laughs> so I came up with 330 maniac. And the other, the other funny part is, you know, on or the word maniac, the cap, the M is capitalized and the N is capitalized. And that stands for, you know, that's just Minnesota abbreviated. Oh yeah. There, so there you go. Yep. So that's how 3-3 Maniac came about. Oh, that's cool though. And you originally started out in trapping. Yep. It was, it was all trapping. I, you know, it, it's like any, anything else, you know, you, you start out, especially eight years ago, how long should my videos be right away? I'm like, like, I got to make an awesome video, you know? So I, my, one of my first, I don't know, like, four episodes in or five episodes in, I got like an hour and 18 minute long beaver trapping episode, you know, 
I, I trap eight lodges in a row and I'm like, this is the ultimate trapping video. And then I find yeah. out that nobody wants to sit and watch trapping for two hours. Well, no, you know? I mean, it's it, you, everything you want to know about how long videos should be. YouTube says that if, if somebody watches your video for three seconds, that's counted as a, as a view, you know, three seconds. So <laughs> it seems like, you know, we get, you know, uh, all of our stuff has, has, to be edited for tv so you actually have 22 minutes and 30 seconds of uh, of uh, footage right and the rest is taken up by commercial breaks and all that kind of stuff and we we still get lots of you know i wish it was longer kind of stuff at, at that length but i'm betting that you'd be short of an hour before people you know you'd probably want to be at, at maybe 30 minutes would, would probably be maximum right and most of my videos nowadays i try to keep them about anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes, my trapping yeah. videos. And I, <clears throat> in my, I'll tell you what, my trapping videos, you know, if a guy were to look through them, my, and I love my, I love doing night fishing videos, but I'll tell you what, my trapping videos get three times as many views, you know, four times as many likes, more comments and the view duration. Now a fishing video might have seven minutes of view, you know, mm -hmm. and let's say if I got a 30 minute video, it's got 19 minutes of view. Yeah. You know, it's literally triple what I mean, I think the reasoning is, you know, with fishing, sure you're catching a big fish, but people want to see you pull that big fish out of the hole. They don't want to see you jigging, you know. No. Trapping, they're like, oh, he's gonna set this trap. I want to see exactly what he does, you know, and you explain what you're putting here and here and where you're putting your trap and yeah. you know, yeah. and you have, you know, people and that that's something you can learn from. Sure, you can show someone what to use fishing. And how to jig it but that you know that takes a minute where <clears throat> trapping you know requires that skill where you you show people because they don't you know somebody starts a trap and they don't know exactly where to put that stick or or exactly why you're putting that trap there so you're you know the view duration goes quite up quite a ways yeah i know i know like i mean uh, our lifetime our, our view view duration for for our entire channel for the lifetime of it is like nine minutes and 34 seconds and which is you know, people look at you like bull, you know, that's what, that's what they say, you know, B that's BS. And so then I, I just, you know, shoot them a screenshot of, uh, of my, of, off of my uh, channel analytics. Right. And they're like, can't believe that, you know? So, I mean, yeah. it's, but it, it's, it's just that though, the, the kind of person that watches the the trapping stuff, they're very technical. They're trying to learn that, you know, they, they, they're interested in all that. And I mean, it's fascinating because, you know, you and I both, whack a lot of beavers but you know you do it differently than i do and, and it's so interesting to 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 look at uh, watch somebody else do it and then ask them why and how and where did that that idea come from you know those kind of things what's your best uh when things went wrong beaver story <laughs> or trapping story <laughs> well i got a i got kind of a serious i got a couple of quick stories i got two i got a serious story and a funny story um i was trapping one time with a buddy of mine and it was like it was like 18 below actual temp and the wind was blowing and it was like more negative 40 and i'd walked well we had walked about 200 yards out to this lodge and i hadn't had a beaver for a couple of days and i didn't really catch that many beaver out of this lodge well i chopped open this run and even though i'd used the dead stick the stick came floating up and the beaver chewed it off i said oh my okay why didn't you stick well, I had this trail that I had walked every day, you know, I'd checked it, you know, safe, you know, safe passage to this area. And luckily I was carrying my, 
my uh, chisel with me, <clears throat> but I'm just walking across this bog and the beaver had dug a new run. And I stepped in a snowbank and my buddy was like, it looked like you just jumped into a snowbank. Cause I went, I went all the way down to like right about here and my elbow and I had my chisel on and I grabbed and I pulled myself out, but it was, you know, <clears throat> negative 40 some wind chill and we're two or 300 yards in the truck. And, um, he had helped me get back to the truck, but by the time I got back to the truck, like, you know, just my elbows and my knees were, were thawed, you know, and, you know, he got me in the truck and, um, he was worried about getting hit by a car. So he turned his hazards on and his hazards had killed the battery on his truck. Oh no. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, <clears throat> like starting to get hypothermic shock and, and there was a house just down the road. He ended up getting down there. Um, and they, you know, actually called an ambulance and came out and took me in the town and had to get my body heat up. But I, you know, I think if I'd been by myself, um, that day that I might not have made it back. I don't yeah. know. It was getting tough for me to do just even to walk. I was so, so cold. Um, and that's one of the reasons my, my wife really hates it, that I go trapping by myself. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more cautious nowadays. This was a long time ago. You know, and, uh, and it's always a chisel in my hand. Uh, that's a serious story. And then a, a funny story. When I first met my wife about 14 years ago, I, <clears throat> my truck broke down and I wanted to go spring beaver trapping. Well, she had like a 1994 Chrysler New Yorker car. Yeah. Trapping, trapping mobile, you know. <laughs> And she's letting me take her Chrysler New York girl beaver trapping. And I'm headed to uh, the Buffalo River is what it was. And between here and where I'm trapping at, it's about 15 miles. Well, there's a big area, about three miles, where there's nothing. Cornfields, there's no ponds, no nothing, you know. Um, beaver were worth like 25 bucks. And I really, I really needed, I was out there to trap for fun, but I really needed money at the same time. So... I'm driving and, and I look over and there's this cut cornfield. And I'm like, oh, there's some turkeys, you know. I'm like, oh, there's a big beaver. And I'm like, I go to slow down and no, from nowhere, there's a huge blanket beaver sitting in the cornfield about 40 yards off the road. Well, <clears throat> I back up and I think I got this stick. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to hit it in the head quick, you know, and I'll, you know, quick 25 bucks. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm covered in beaver caster, mind you, and it's springtime and I'm walking and, and the wind was blowing right towards this beaver and I'm walking and it's sitting there and I'm probably 20 feet away or so. And I could hear its teeth going. And I got, I don't know, 15 feet from it. I was bringing the stick back and it turned and it lunged at me. And I took a swing and I, I hit it on top of the head and the stick broke and it, it closed its eyes and looked stunned for like two seconds. And I backed up. And it came after me. So I turn around. My, my wife's car is parked on the shoulder of the highway. It's a highway, no, not, a, not a dirt road. And as I'm running back to her car, there's cars parked on the highway. They're just like, leave that beaver alone. You know, what did he do to you? You know, and as I'm running up the ditch, the beaver's like coming after me and they all take off. So I'm literally playing ring around the rosy with this beaver around her car. I oh went around. My. I hit the trunk button and the trunk opens up and I'm walking back and it comes around the front of the car. I run by 
reach in, I grab a 330 and I run like 50 yards down the road and I look up and that beaver's coming. So I set it as fast as I can. And now I'm holding it out like this and I'm walking at it because it's, it's coming, it's coming. And it's, it was like, you know, it, when I think about it, it felt like, like we were running at each other in slow motion, you know, oh. and it got, it got where it lunged. And I literally put the trap down in front of its head and pow, the 330 went off right on the beaver's head. And now the beaver's cartwheeling in the highway. And out of nowhere, more people showed up. You know, they didn't see me. They didn't see that beaver trying to murder me, but they seen me attacking this poor beaver. And they're yelling. I'm like, you didn't see this thing. It almost mauled me like three times, you know. And my oh my gosh. And I I tell I tell people that story. I ended up grabbing the 330 and going and putting it in the trunk and you know, going home. And and I, of course I didn't have, obviously at this time I didn't, never had a GoPro or nothing, but I'm just thinking back, like, did that really just happen? And I get oh home my. and I tell my wife the story, and she's just like, oh. like, you are not allowed to go trapping anymore, especially in my car. <laughs> like, people oh. are going to start looking for my car, slashing my tires, because you're, you know, mauling beaver in cornfields. And That's hilarious. Oh I mean, I've never seen a beaver in a cornfield, but that's because we don't have corn here, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I've, I think I've seen them just about everywhere else. But uh. yeah, I said cut cornfields like two miles from water. You know, it's springtime; they're all looking for you're getting kicked out or whatever. Yeah. You know, and huh, turkey, beaver in a cornfield. Yeah, it was, it was wild. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's still people. If I'm out with people that don't trap and I got buddies and it, it always comes up, hey, tell them about the beaver in the cornfield. You know, that's the story. <laughs> well, we've been going at it here for oh, an hour and a quarter now. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, I told you. I told you. We, we, we start out, we, we see one another for, for the first time when, when the Zoom co- uh, meeting comes on and then pretty soon we're, we're, we're old buddies. We'll, we'll do this again yeah. one day. So, Everybody can find you at on YouTube at 330 Maniac. Yep, that's correct. Um, I also Instagram um, and uh, Facebook. I also have under the same. Under 330 uh, Maniac. Okay. Yep, 330 Maniac. Perfect. I, I appreciate you uh, spending the time. Come visit with us. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, I love yeah, talking with everybody. I, I, you know, when I don't get to talk beaver trap, I'm like, most people around here, you know, so when I get to talk about it or trapping in general, I'm just like, oh, it's just fun here. <laughs> Hearing everybody's stories, it just makes you want to go and go trapping, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it, one of the, the crazy side effects of this stupidity that's gone on for 16 months is that we were forced into this Zoom world, right? And yeah. it has just opened up the whole, I mean, I was of the old uh, Joe Rogan uh, belief, like everybody else, that you had to be sitting across the table from one one another when you did a podcast. And it, I mean, it has changed the, the flow a little bit, you know, because you, you don't want to cut one another off because you get feedback and latency and that kind of stuff. And but I'd never get to talk to some of the people I've I've been able to talk to, and that's been really cool, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I I it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you bringing me on the show and talking about everything. Well, I'm going to get us out of here and uh, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. Hope you had as much fun as, uh, as we've had. All the, how we laughed, laughed our heads off like, like usual. Beaver in a cornfield, that's, that's a pretty good one. And maybe, we, maybe we'll see you down the, down the line.